Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Lynn. Y'all, I am so excited. I am literally sitting across the table from country music royalty, and she has agreed to do this podcast with me. And let me tell you, we're going to talk some major stories that you're just not going to believe. And how this lady has come up and caught her dreams throughout her life is just astounding. I am sitting down with Eloise Jones Hawkins with uh, the Jones Hawkins Agency. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Glad to be here today with you. Well, I'm so excited that you agreed to be on the podcast with us. And thank you so very much. So the whole premise behind this podcast is be a dream catcher. Tell us a little bit about how you've gone to catch your dreams and and just live your life to the fullest. Well, I don't really know where to start, uh, supposedly with my father, who was Grandpa Jones. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up in the music business all my life. And actually, I was the oldest of the three children. I have a sister, Elisa, and, and a brother, Mark, who has passed away. But anyway, I was the young, the oldest, so therefore, at first, I traveled with them all the time. Right. My mother worked with Dad a lot, and so we we would go to Canada, we'd go to Alaska, we'd go all over the country, and I we had, I think, a lot of times traveling, we had a little camper, and I can remember sitting up in the top of the camper and looking out over, you know, the window at the top, and right. that's where I would stay because I got to watch the country, you know, and just... Uh, every state in the in the United States, and uh, I think Dawson Creek. I can remember that one time we went up to Alaska, and I think it's in Alaska, but I don't know. It might be Canada, but it had dirt roads. You know, it was like the old Western towns that that you would go. They played dates up there. You right. Know, they went with a group of people and played dates, and you would go down the roads, and they would be all dirt, but then the the sidewalks would be wooden. And up higher, like the old western towns, because if it got muddy, you couldn't hardly walk in the streets. You know, they were so muddy. But just things like that, you know, that I remember from years and years ago. So luckily, I was kind of lucky because I was the oldest. I got to travel with them a lot. Then as the younger kids came on, Mom stayed home, and we stayed home more. We didn't go out, you know, on the road with Dad, so. Right. But I was a little bit lucky in that sense, so. Oh. Had a good time. Enjoyed that. I was young. Yeah, young. but still, my goodness, what a, what a treasured memory that you yeah. can look back on and say, oh my goodness, you know, there's people that would only dream of yeah. Got having. Got to see a lot of the West, which is, a, pe- a lot of people in the eastern part of the United States don't they don't get out there. They don't understand it. They go to Florida. Oh, yeah. Florida's big for... But but I got to go to Monument Valley and just all over California and, you know, the Redwoods and all that. So oh, I bet that was gorgeous. It was a good education. Wow. Me, you know, so. That is absolutely amazing. Now, I, I got tickled because um, Myron was throwing you a little bit under the bus here <laughs> <laughs> before we got started. He does that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, for y'all that remember, Myron was on the podcast um, a little while back. And if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure you go and check it out. But um, he was talking about how you wouldn't brag on yourself. So I'm going to brag on yourself and make you uh, make you discuss it a little bit. Um, so you've worked with some of the greatest and some of my major country music idols like Reba McIntyre and Loretta Lynn and tell us how that came about. Well with Reba uh, I went to work 
probably in my 20s, I worked, first of all, I worked for Monument Records, Mm -hmm. who was Fred Foster, and we had a lot of the major artists back, I don't know, even in the 80s, I guess you would say, or I think that's about when it was, and uh, I started out as a receptionist there and worked for Fred for a couple of years, and then Boudelow and Felice Bryant, who wrote all of the Everly Brothers hits, and hits for everybody in town right their son Del Bryant runs BMI has for years I don't think he does now but Del Bryant was big at BMI for years wow and so Del and Dane I went in and worked in their publishing company and it was just Del and Dane of course Boulot and Felice owned it and they were over at their house on the lake and they would come in occasionally you know I just loved them they were just the sweetest people and Del and Dane and I ran the the publishing company yeah so I was there for about I don't know three or four years and then I enjoyed booking I wanted to do that so I decided to go uh go back and start booking my dad some on on fairs and stuff like that yeah so in the meantime I went to conventions and I ran into Dick Blake who ran Dick Blake International who was Barbara Mandrell Statler Brothers uh we had uh, I don't know we had a lot of different people and so he he asked me one day, he said, he said you, you can book fairs. And I said, I love it because I love horses. I have horses. Yeah. It's ag, you know. And I said, I can talk to them. He said, a lot of these agents don't know how to talk to these people that book the fairs. So right. he said, come on. And and uh, he said, come on downtown and work for me. He said, bring your dad. You know, he said, I know you want to keep him. And I said, well, okay. And he said, you get to keep the commission on your dad. We don't have anything to do with that. And I said, that sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Plus pay me to do the other. So he put me in charge of uh, fairs and expositions of the whole whole bunch. And we went to conventions every year in Las Vegas. And I mean, we had a, we had just had a blast, you know. And wow. one year his wife, she was a sweetheart, his, uh, Dick Blake's wife, he she and I went to it. He said, we're going, to, we're going to have fun tonight. You two, you you ladies, he's talking about his wife and myself. And He said, we've sent you over to a big show. And I said, who is it? And he said, Tom Jones. And I said, oh, I would love to see that. So we went over and she and I both, you know, and, and pretty soon after the show, they asked us to come back and backstage to meet him. You know? Right. And so I got to meet him and told him I was a Jones and he thought that was funny, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we got to, we just had a blast. So it's, that was probably my favorite time of my life was, was working for Dick Blake. That is astounding. You know, so you said a name that um, rings pretty home for me, uh, Barbara Mandrell. <clears throat> well, of course, the Mandrells back before, you know, Barbara went out on her own yeah. and all that. You know, we had Erlene and Louise and right. all of that. And um, I've been blessed to work with Erlene and her husband, Pat, is oh, really? actually my producer here in Nashville for all of my music projects. Well, so, you know, one thing that I love, I-, I love this about Nashville, and-, and maybe you can attest to this, too, is... I started coming to Nashville at 17. I was about a month away from turning 18, had just started my college career at Auburn, and I always thought of Nashville from an outsider's perspective looking in, that it's this bubble of people that are just, I mean, so important, and like, you have to get into the bubble. And then once you're in the bubble, you gotta go even further in the bubble. I found out real quick, Nashville is such a welcoming community, and one of the first meetings that I ever had was with David Preston at BMI. Mm-hmm. And um, I just remember him asking me flat out, I mean, here I am. 
I'm, I'm deciding to pursue this career professionally. We're working on my first ever single. And he's like, okay, Jesse Lynn, tell me about what, you know, you're doing and this, that, and the other, and um, what you got. And I'm sitting here going, you're asking me? You mean I don't have to tell you or try <laughs> to do the typical artist pitch? And, um, you know, you're talking about the fairs and, and stuff and sharing that agriculture background. Right. Um, it's so funny when people realize, oh, you come from an agriculture background because they don't realize what all goes on behind the scenes growing up on the farm, you know, having to take care of the animals, our horses. And, you know, I I grew up singing in church, but also I grew up on the back of a horse too. So the responsibility that it teaches you as a kid and, and growing up in that industry, I think has better prepared me for the music industry. Um, would you probably say that that was kind of the case? I think so because I, my family was now. Dad came from old sharecroppers, you right? Know, to years and years ago. Mother came from from a very country up in Indiana, Southern Indiana, where they they shot squirrels and ate them for you know that, right. that kind of exactly years ago. Very poor people, and then. Uh, they didn't know anything about horses. Mama said she used to have to ride a horse to plow the, the garden. She said, I hated it. She right. said, oh, sweaty horses, you know. That's, what, that's how she thought about horses. Right. So, But I, from the time I was six months old, I had a half-sister. Dad was married prior to, to mother, and, and she put me on a horse at about six months old, I think. It, it, I don't know the whole deal, but anyway, mother ran out and said, get her off of that horse. You know, she's too young. <laughs> and I think from then on, I was just crazy about them. And so, right. and dad, dad didn't like them. Mom didn't know anything about them. And dad would say, anywhere we'd go to play a date, if they'd say something about they had horses, I'd make dad, I'd say, tell him, ask him if I can go out and ride his horse. You yeah. Know, just stuff like that. And they did a lot of times. So finally... When after he got tired of listening to me, he said, "Okay, I want to get you a horse." And I said, "He said, but you've got to be able to ride it. I want to know you can ride it." So he saw me ride one one time and got me this old Welch pony of all horses, horrible horse. He didn't know anything about him either. (laughs) He would buck me off and run me off on trees and all this kind of stuff. And and it's a wonder it didn't just. It's a wonder we survived. Yeah, Yeah. end it for me, you know. But I didn't care. I had this okay. Finally, he got rid of him. He got me a better horse. But you know, from then on, I had one. Right. From then on, and Dad made sure I did. I mean, that part of it, he was good to me about. He didn't know anything about him, and Mom didn't know anything. But he made sure that I had a horse because we always lived in the country. Right. And so that's kind of how I got started in. In you know, I didn't have grow up on a big farm or anything like that but I made sure I had horses and I learned through the years how to take care of them you have to I did it on my own you know and through uh, I have a good friend Sherry who and we both ride horses and we have for years and you know you learn from each other about talk about them what how do you feed how do you feed them if they have problems she and I both are probably about as good as some of the vets around here yes (laughs) we know enough about them oh my goodness but you know it's just uh that's how I got started in it. And so, therefore, Dick, Dick kind of, Blake said, you know, you know agriculture. Right. I said, well, you know, I didn't grow up on a farm, but I have learned a lot about horses. I was married for a while, and he was into horses, too. So, you know, you get you, you learn a lot that way and having them and all that. So, And another thing about, uh, one thing about Loretta, I wanted to tell oh, you yeah. about her. She, before I forgot, she uh, was... I didn't book her, but uh, 
dad, we always knew her because she, she was always at the Opry. I, you know, I went to the Opry every Saturday night and knew all the people down there. But but she, we got into this thing for Clifty Farms. Yeah. It was a, uh, I don't know if you remember it or not, but they had uh, hams. Hams, yeah. And so dad worked for them for a while. He did some commercials. And then they wanted to do a commercial with Loretta and dad together. Oh, Loretta, and, and they said, well, let's do it out at Loretta's, Hurricane Mills. And so... I went out there, we spent the day, and it was the most, it was so much fun. You know, we stayed oh. out there all day, and she was just a sweetheart. She said, now you, we're going to do it in the big house. They didn't live in the big house. They lived in a house out aside of that because the, you know, every, all the fans came in and went through the house. Right. But she said, we're shutting down the house today, and you, you come back here, and you have this room to yourself. If you get tired, because it went on all day long. You know? Right. So, but anyway, those are the kind of things. And I sat there on the couch and talked to her forever Some about some of the things she loved about Hurricane Mills and stuff like that. So, what a treasure. You know, it just, it's, it's fun to know that, that I got to talk to those kind of people. You know? you know, it's funny. So I have a lot of people that ask me a good bit, and, and you may get this a lot too. They're, they're like, well, what's it like? And for me, it's kind of one of those things of, well, what do you mean? what's it like you know because yeah. now that you know I've, I've been blessed with so many opportunities just like this sitting down with you today this is it's almost become a normal everyday thing yeah. and i i just love it because i love sharing stories and i love hearing the stories because a lot of people they just they don't know and it's something that I guess this is what I like about the the podcast aspect and the whole idea of be a dream catcher is if it's something that you believe you can do, get out there and do it. You know, if you say, hey, I want to come to Nashville and, you know, be this big time booking agent. Okay, great. Start pounding the pavement, get to work and do all of this. And it's so interesting to hear that you just sat down and have casual conversation with Loretta while we're doing this commercial. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, it just... And, and so I'm still in a fangirl moment over here because Loretta and Reva just, you know, two of, them, two of my several favorites yeah. in the country music business. And it just, it's astounding to sit here and just talk casually about those, those experiences. It, and I'll tell you another uh, uh, couple that, that I knew pretty well was George and Tammy. Oh, yeah. Because when I first started booking, it was Lavender Blake. Dick Blake was in with Shorty Lavender. Yeah. And I, I was in with them, and then uh, they had George and Tammy. Yeah. And I knew them pretty well, and Tammy was a sweetheart. She just was absolutely one of the sweetest ladies I ever. I just love her to this day, you know, oh, because she was it. so kind. And in fact, one time I was a little bit afraid of flying, and I had flown, we were going to, to a Denver, to a show in Denver with her and George, and then we were going on to uh, uh, Las Vegas to a convention right. where she was going to be, where we were going to book dates, you know, the Lavender Blake. And she said, I, I, we had a bad trip into Denver, just, you know, windy, and I was nervous wreck. I just said, I'm never going to get back on another plane. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. i got to go to Las Vegas, but I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. If I'm over in a car, you know, and she, she she sent her bus driver over and said, Eloise said, look, she said, Tammy said, tell you that you get on that bus of hers and, and her, her room is in the back. You know, that's her, yeah. her room. She said, they're flying. And her and George Ritchie, she was married to then. It wasn't, she wasn't married to, but anyway, she said, get on the bus, 
It's all yours. You take the bus from Denver over to Las Vegas. And wow. I did. You know, I mean, you know, people, that's yeah. good that somebody would be that understanding. She knew I was just scared to death, you know. Bless and then, of course, her. we had a snowstorm on the way on the mountains. But, <laughs> oh, my God. So I sat up front the whole time. But, <laughs> oh but anyway, goodness. those are the, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm just full of those oh my tales, gosh. you know. But anyway, well, they were good you... people. All of them were just sweet. I never had any, I never had any trouble with anybody. See, that know? is, that's so, that's so amazing. It's, I almost want to ask people, you know, where is everyone's understanding in today's society? You know, I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are kind of self-absorbed, if that, you know, can be said there. And the willingness to help one another out is right. is not there anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's so, it's disheartening in some ways, but then it's refreshing when you see it in somebody that's willing to put a lending hand out. And I'll put it to you this way. I would not be where I'm at in this business, and really, quite frankly, nobody would be, if there wasn't somebody or something to help them along the way. That's right. And um, aside, you know, from the good Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to talk about that because that's how I am too, so that's first and foremost. (laughs) But um, let me ask you this. So one thing is stories are fantastic. Has there ever been a time in your life of where you would say maybe you hit a rough patch and you're trying to, you know, power through and they're just, everything seemed to maybe be going wrong, but then you found a way to do it anyway? Oh, I don't know. I've changed careers. I was in, uh, uh, I have a good friend that, uh, Teresa, that uh, lives in Atlanta and and she let, she and I grew up together and uh, what got me in real estate. She said, go ahead and get your license. And I had my real estate license along with doing all the music business. Wow. And then when dad passed away, uh, he slept, well, we had Hee Haw. That right. went on for years with George Lindsay and, you know. We, oh, yeah. We went down there every, that was a, another big fun. I time. bet that was fun. That was a whole <laughs> fun, you know. George Lindsay was goober and he was dad's best buddy you know oh. i mean i've got tales about them galore but i won't get into all that but anyway uh then when dad passed away that was a hard time for me right i had a house that that i really didn't know i got a divorce and got in and dad said well, you know you you don't want to lose the house i said no i don't so but to help me i i ended up building a little place in the barn had a nice barn decent barn yeah i put me a little little uh, apartment little, in the barn dominium apartment yeah, yeah that's right it wasn't a big fancy one i can tell you but but i lived there for i guess maybe uh a year and rented or maybe two years and rented the house out to a to a girl that just paid perfectly you know wow. i mean in big good good size money and so that, that was a hard time for me. And it was because I didn't want to do anything. When right. Dad passed away, that was my whole life. Yeah. That was hee-haw. That was everything. And it was just like it was over. Right. It was all over. And I thought, what am I going to do? You know, I don't want to work. I don't want to, I don't want to do real estate. I don't want to book. I don't want to do. So that, that, was a, that was a rough time for me. But I kind of pulled myself out of it. And finally, she decided she was going to buy her house and I said okay it's time for me to get back to work and and I have to you know I have to take care of everything I had horses right so finally I I got back into real estate and did well with real estate for about about 10 years yeah and 11 12 years I don't or maybe more I don't it's probably been 20 actually and then 
kind of slowed down with that, uh, doing better through the years. Mom and Dad passed away, both of them, you know. And so then this Myron Nash calls me <laughs> out of the blue. Out of I the kinda, blue. <laughs> yeah, I kind of retired. And yeah. uh, so he says, guess what? He said, I need you to, he said, you need to come out of retirement. I said, oh, what career are we talking about here? He said, <laughs> he said, not your real estate, your booking. I said, oh, really? <laughs> so anyway, he he's got me into talking to him about Pearlie yeah. Curtis. So I'm back in it again. <laughs> well, so. isn't, isn't it funny how fate redirects you kind of and does. directs your path into, it does. you so, know, it, it sounds like you love what you do. That's, that's do. The first and, and foremost. And, you know, we ride horses and, and actually I've got a, talking about horses, I don't know if you've ever seen Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. I'm sure you have. Most mm-hmm. horse people love Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, they talk about a metallic cat yes. a lot. I have a daughter of metallic cat. What? I'm just excited. As I just love her. Okay. Sherry loves Folks, her. Folks, we're going to take a break. I'm going to go out to uh, Eloise's <laughs> uh, barn, and we'll be back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but she's a sweetheart. She's a cutting horse, oh, of course. I love and it. Just a doll baby. And, but... Uh, Anyway, we were, Sherry and I showed a little bit, and, uh, but, you know, I just, uh, I've got to uh, do some booking now, and I mean, I wasn't really doing anything that, right. that uh, big time, you know, but it's interesting. I'm ready to go back to work and, and see what we can get done, and I just, Pearlie's just great. I love he's, it. He's a great guy. I met Pearlie, um back in, I guess it was uh, right before Thanksgiving or right around that area. And um, had an opportunity to meet him thanks to this guy called Myron Nash yeah, that just kind of calls kinda you out of the blue. Everybody's conversation, <laughs> and um, and Pearlie's going to be on our show. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's super exciting. And yeah. um, again, I go back to once you're part of the Nashville family, you're a part of the Nashville family. I am, I, and you know, lots of times now you mentioned Grandpa Jones, and some of the young people don't if they haven't been around, right. they don't know who that is. Right. But they don't know who a lot of the country music artists are. But you know, I know so many of them have met. I mean, I've just met everybody, and I know I'm lucky. I, I forget sometimes how many people I do know, you know, and in the business and all. And I thank goodness that I had that career. Right. Sometimes I think, well, I wish I could have done more, but. You know, I've had a pretty full, full life. Full lifetime, yeah. you know. It's funny. I told my mom the other day. Um, next year, twenty twenty three, will be ten years since I graduated high school, and I told mom, I was like, "Oh, geez, that's a decade." I'm like, "That's gone really fast." <laughs> but it's like I told mom also. I said, "But oh my goodness, look at what all's been did. done in yeah. ten years." And you know, it's easy to get you know wrapped up in the, in the hustle and bustle of life and kind of overlook what I call the little everyday blessings right. and um but it sounds like you have taken every little blessing straight to heart even in the in the most difficult time of your yeah. life yeah. and it's come back to repay you tenfold so I love that I just love that I'm in a good place now you know we've got the horses and and uh, I'm coming to ride one day I'm well, just saying you're, you're welcome <laughs> to. Uh, we, we try to show we have we're Hopefully, members of NCHA we have to join each year, you right. know, and show they've got. Lebanon's got a good show out there, yes. so we go out there and show. And I mean, that's fun. We don't do it big time. We don't travel all over the country and do it, but right. But we like it. We both have nice cutting horses now, so that okay. is one thing I'd loved. I, I've got a cutter, um, but I've never shown him 
you know, on the circuit or right, anything like right. that. But his dad was an eight-time world champion cutter and reigning horse. And you talk about, of course, if you are watching Yellowstone, those horses know wow. how to work. And I love to sit and watch a good cutter just do okay. his job. It's unreal. And we've got a pro cutter oh. at the house, so we get to oh. use that. You know, that's a machine. You know yes. what it is. Yes. A lot of people don't. But we call know. working the flag, people, yeah, is, our, is our lingo. It's called working the flag. Working the flag. <laughs> We have to work on it every now and then. We're kind of engineers, you know, to to work right. Let me tell you, a cowgirl can engineer just about anything that needs to be engineered. Sometimes if you got to rewire a truck to get it started, by George, we're going to rewire a truck. (laughs) Sherry's good for that, taking care of the trucks and stuff. She's got a big truck and and trailers, too. I love it. But anyway, we have a good time. So everything's going pretty good right now. And I'm, I'm excited about booking Pearly, we we just now started, just now got gotten everything in in line, and we're going to try to book some fairs. And I'd love to work some rodeos with you. Oh. Reason why is because uh, they've been doing some some great advertising in Cowboys and Indians. Yes, and I know that the rodeo people watch that, and I know they they watch RFD. Oh yeah, and so I'm hoping that we can get. I might uh, can help you out in that realm. Well, you know, I just deal. won Miss Rodeo USA for that. the IPRA, so I'm, I might can get you connected with well, the people I, you need to know. <laughs> well, I do appreciate that because that's what I want to do is get him on some rodeos. I would love it. Oh, my and, gosh. Uh, so, because he can do anything. Yeah. He can do, I'm going to get him to do some Bob Wills. He's got the twin fiddles, oh. which, I, you know, they love that kind of music. Oh, yes. I mean, everybody does. And so he can do any kind of Western uh, western music music that, anything. yeah so that's what i'm working on that and love it. in the fairs too which you know i can do that too so it's going to take a little while but i told them i said you know we, you all have to give me a little bit of time they said well we we know it'll take a little while but. you know i think that's what a lot of people miss right there is what you just said it's going to take a little time it is yeah. you know when you have big goals dreams and aspirations they don't just happen like that you mm-hmm. know I've I've now been in the business full-time as far as on my productions and publishing company and and right. really just starting to settle in I mean next year will be a decade right. for me and I'm just now starting to feel like I belong in this industry right and you know need to know the people that you need to know and have the relationships in the network and everyone's like oh my gosh well this is all exciting this just happened and I'm mm-hmm. like no, it started 10 years ago yeah. when nobody else knew what was going on. Right. And so I guess that's one thing I really would like to drive home because, I mean, you did you just nailed the, the, the nail on the head is it takes time. It does. It takes time. If you do it right, you've got to, you know, I told them, I said, you know, I've got to line up everything. I don't, I can't just start out and not, I've got to be prepared, you know, because I know right. exactly what I did. For the big companies, you know, but you know, we we just have to, it's just going to take a little while. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Well, one last question, because I know you and Sherry are headed out for some horsey fun and I'm a little jealous. I'm a little (laughs) jealous, not going to lie. I have my horse trailer set up over at a a place I stay in Goodlettsville. So I do. I am, instead of a a bus, I toured my 40 foot living quarter Lakota horse trailer. So, uh, kind of the whole Alabama singing cowgirl and America singing cowgirl persona. Sherry's got a big trailer that has dressing rooms. I love it. It, let me tell you, it's handy. I I tried to tell mom when I was eight years old, we need a living quarters. And she's like, well, you know, this, that, and the other, and da, da, da. First time we ever qualified to go to MBHA World, we had bought a, a small living quarter, still a nice trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we went, 
we were there for a week and she said the trailer just paid for itself in that one week and I said I told you that when I was eight (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to get you to get one forever and uh through some, uh, we did uh, some trade ups and upgrades, and um, now Lakota is a, a wonderful sponsor of ours. But uh, we've we have been eternally blessed with um, being able to carry that rig on the road, and um, I love every minute of it because there's some shows that we have horses that are a part of the show, and then there's other times it's not. So it's yeah. a great extra dressing room for the guys. Stick them in the horse compartment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but no, real quick, this last question that I'd like to ask you. What is um, some advice that you would give to anyone? Now, this is not age specific. This isn't, you know, the younger, older demographic. This is anybody who maybe has a dream or a vision, but they just don't know how to jump back in. What What would you tell them? I have a nephew that has always said he loves, he likes rock and roll and, you know, the rap and all that. And I told him, I said, Go downtown. They do it in Nashville. Yeah. I said, go downtown and be an intern or sweep the floors if you have to. Right. Do whatever you you can do to get into that company and work your way up. I said, you, you, you know, you may not be able to start because you don't have the background right now. Right. But go and get into that company, just like I did with Monument Records or like I started out with Lonzo and Oscar in the publishing company. That's how I learned publishing. I've got my own wow. publishing company. I said, you've got to get in and learn starting at the bottom. Yep. Not, I mean, some people don't have to. Maybe they've got, you know, bigger aspirations. I don't know. But but if you're somebody that has doesn't know a lot about it, hasn't had the, the background, go to work for them. If you have to clean the house or clean the building or whatever, you know. Right. That's my idea. I, love now, I don't know if that's that always works, but I think it does. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, Sylvia Hutton, um, but uh, or she went by Sylvia back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, she talked about how she started out as a receptionist. Exactly. And then exactly. you know, bang, bang, boom, here she is, exactly. record deal and writer right. later, and um, that's, that's just how you learn. Right. That's how you learn. I I love that. Well, Miss Eloise, thank you so very much, and we greatly appreciate it. Is there a place that folks can actually keep up with you in your journey? Or uh, yeah, uh, if you want, I, I'll be glad to give you my email. Is okay, that okay, that is okay. Yes, okay. ma'am. If it's, you are good, you, they can remember it. It's G R A N D P A S D A U G H T E R Grandpa's Daughter. I love it. At yahoo.com. Oh, that's an easy one. Yeah. That is fantastic. Well, folks, you have been listening to the Be a Dreamcatcher podcast with Eloise Jones. It has been such an honor and a pleasure. We hope you guys will saddle on up and join us on the next episode right here. I am your host, Jesse Lynn. We'll see you guys on down the trail. Bye.